This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, alternative media for discerning minds. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members for your loyalty and support. Tonight's special guest is James Gilliland. James will discuss how to find order in a chaotic world. We need to stand up and start doing something, for if we don't, we are simply part of the problem. We will discuss more of the path to becoming sovereign, the harassment he's having with the local government that wants to shut down the East City Ranch, and he will also respond to allegations made on this very show by Billy Myers U.S. Representative Michael Horn. A new East City conference is scheduled from June 24th the 27th. I will be there, interacting with all of you. I will also moderate a panel of speakers. Go to James' website at eseti.org for more information. James Gilliland will be with us shortly. And if you haven't visited our website for some time, check out our future guests. 
Robert Bouval, Nigel Kerner, George Cavasilas, John Lash, Richard Dolan, Kim Carlsberg, Linda Moulton Howe, and many more. All of them confirmed. Isn't this a great time to be a member? To listen to tonight's full show and the new material on Veritas TV, become a member. You'll receive instant access to all our inventory. And remember, Veritas survives under voluntary subscriptions only. No sponsorship equals no censorship. Think about the next time you spent $7.95. Do you really receive any value? That is what you pay per month as a Veritas member, and you receive over 125 shows, all in CD audio quality. Veritas TV, our very unique Manticore forum, where you can interact with enlightened people around the world to discuss everything that matters. Just go to the subscribe link of our website, VeritasShow.com, and take Veritas with you. You can also download our latest show via iTunes. During these times of uncertainty, the uncensored truth is priceless. Don't wait any longer. Subscribe today. And you can also purchase our futuristic 8GB metal-cased USB drive with Seasons 1 or 2 with bonus material. Go to the Veritas store for more information. And don't forget, get your MMS right from us. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Listen to Jim Humble's interview for more information. It's right in our past shows link. If you need to get in touch with me, click on the contact button of our website and join me on Facebook. During these chaotic times, where darkness and deception are all around us, we seek those who can be an oasis of truth and light. And tonight's guest is no exception. Get ready for a night with an enlightened being who seeks to help us advance and ascend. We'll discuss more of the path to being sovereign, current world events, and what we can do to navigate this sea of uncertainty. Tonight's show is not about doom and gloom. It's about reality and how we can become more aware of it. James Gilliland is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. This is Neil Kramer, and you are listening to The Veritas Show. James Gilliland is an author, minister, transpersonal intuitive counselor, visionary, and founder of eSETI, Enlightened Contact with Extraterrestrial Intelligence. His books include Becoming Gods, A Reunion with Source, Becoming Gods 2, and Ultimate Soul Journey. He is also featured in two videos, Project Contact and the Keys to Utopia. 
After a near-death experience, James was expanded into what he calls interdimensional mind. This greater awareness brought him into a greater understanding of the vast interdimensional multiverses in which we live. James has radio talk shows called As You Wish with James Killeland on BBS Radio and on the World Puja Network. Contact has begun. And directly from Trout Lake, Washington, home of East City, right next to Mount Adams, I would like to welcome James Gilliland back to Veritas. Hello, James. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for coming back to Veritas. As you know, you have a lot of people around the world who listen to you, and uh, they wanted to listen to James once again. A lot of things are happening around the world. And before we, we start, I wanted to ask you, a lot has been happening lately at the ranch. There are some issues taking place right now with the county. So we have two hours to discuss a lot. Well, right now we're, we've been kind of up against, um, uh, it, it's almost like we're living in Nazi Germany versus America. Yeah. And uh, the county, for some reason, believes that we don't have any constitutional rights whatsoever. You know, you have no right to privacy, no right to assembly, no right to practice your spiritual beliefs, and, and uh, even freedom of speech, all of these things, they... They feel are are not, you know, within our our base human rights, and so we've been making a stand on this, and uh, it has a lot to do with with uh, they they create regulations, and these regulations are totally unconstitutional, and they use these regulations to uh, stop anything going on, and and you know they they just make a lot of problems where none exist. Uh, we've been operating here for, for 25 years, and the community loves us, the local community. Uh, we had meetings with the, with the planning commission, and hundreds and hundreds of letters were written all by the local people, not one letter in opposition of, of what we're doing, and, uh, and that seemed to be tossed aside uh, and, and pretty much ignored. And as a matter of fact, is that they said they had letters in opposition against us, and when we asked them to produce them, they couldn't. And they go, oh, oh, I see. Well, you know, they said, I, I guess we don't have any, you know. So, so uh, they didn't didn't have any letters of opposition. So it's been a long, long uh, kind of a battle with just dealing with one threat after another, and and uh, one problem after another. And we we've tried to comply with them and take the path of least resistance. So we we paid for everything, you know, paid for all the the permits, all the fees, you know, everything that they demanded, we went ahead and, and filled out the paperwork and, and went through all their hoops, but that still wasn't enough. And they, they just continued. Then they denied, after we went through all that, they denied everything, even, even uh, building permits, which weren't even necessary, and, and said we didn't have building permits on buildings that they actually signed off and had permits in their hand on. So, so it's just, it's just been one insane thing after another. And so finally, what we did is, uh, uh, after dealing with this for months and pulling our hair out, you know, we, uh, decided to hire a very good attorney, uh, a firm to deal with this. And we, we put a, a call out on GoFundMe, you know, to see if people wanted to support, uh, East SETI and the work that's been going on here. And within two days, I we know. got... That yeah. was incredible. That was In two days, I heard that you met your, your quota. 
Yeah, yeah. We had the, they, the first thing they said, this is the low. They gave us different estimates and they said, okay, this is the bottom line on what, what we're probably going to need. And uh, we've already paid them some money already. And, uh, and then they said, well, it could even go higher than that. We don't know. So we did meet the base requirement to make sure that we're going to cover the basics. And then, and then there's a lot of other things they're probably going to demand even after this, like upgrading septic tanks and a new septic tank and, and all these other uh, crazy things to even continue. So, But it, it looks really good uh, on our behalf because a lot of things were said in the planning commission that were very derogatory, very, uh, they were character assassinations and they were were things that were ha- were totally non-related to the to the work, and uh, it, it's just unbelievable. It's like going before a tribunal that was just there to, like a witch hunt, you know. Yeah. And and you know it was so non-related, and so many things were said and and on the record that they actually got rid of the records, and and all of a sudden they couldn't find any of their records. They seemed to mysteriously disappear. And uh, luckily, we have all the records, and we recorded the the uh, public hearings and everything. So, so basically, uh, you know, it's there's just been extreme bias, uh, just insanity on on their part, and we don't know what's behind it. You know, we have our we can assume things, but you know, obviously, people take a real dim view of of, of ongoing contact, you know, with ETs and as, as well as the. Uh, uh, you know all the other information we've been teaching here about becoming sovereign beings and and uh, you know uh, not giving away your power and you know we've been if you think about what these very spiritually and technologically advanced beings uh, stand for you know they stand for peace which would go against the war industry they stand for uh, you know healing technologies that are beyond our imagination you know, which would go against the pharmaceutical industry. And then they have, you know, fuelless energy drive machines that would take care of all of our energy and transportation needs. So, so this is why this is such a big threat. And, uh, and, you know, they use their, their agencies and their things to, to make life hard for you. But at the same time, there's this mass upwelling of people that have stood up and said, this is nonsense. And, and they are, are getting behind it, and uh, they want to see the the work here continue. I have to tell you, and those who listened to my updates after I came back from East City last year, this is not a promotion. This is just my experience. And to me, it was one of the most beautiful places composed of some of the most beautiful people I have ever met in my life. And uh, as you were talking, I, I reminisced, of me driving that road that that leads to to your ranch, uh, James, and I just can't understand why anybody would go into the the difficulties of of of, of closing down the ranch. So we can only speculate here, and as you well mentioned, if there is contact taking place, or we've seen the the craft, and as everybody knows, my very first experience was at your ranch last year. But who do you think the culprit might be if it's localized in your county? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's the thing is you never know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, somebody can make a phone call from a very high position and say, make these guys go away, you know, do whatever's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be a lot of different reasons. And sometimes it's just 
you know, I hate to say it, it's just redneck bias or, or religious bias or, or, you know, anything outside the box or outside their understanding becomes a threat. And so they just want to remove that threat. And, and we don't know exactly uh, what, you know, what is the, the cause behind this or, or how, how far down the rabbit hole it goes. Uh, but, you know, we still have to deal with it on, you know, on a day-to-day basis. But what are they alleging that you are not meeting? What are the requirements that they say you don't meet? Well, there's quite a few. One is they said because we are a ranch that we have to, to get a conditional use permit that you can't have anybody gather on your ranch, uh, friends or family or whatever, and hang out or, or you know, give lectures or, or do ceremonies or sweat lodges or anything. Uh, you can't do that on your ranch unless you get a special permit from the county which, which is a real long, arduous process. I mean, they, they go through environmental impacts. They go through uh, uh, a detailed list, and it, it's just unbelievable what you have to go through. And we did. We went through all of that, and they said there is no environmental impact. The place is pristine. Uh, the land here looks actually better, so much better than it did when I came here. I mean, there was trash everywhere, and old cars and tractors and, and cans of, uh, 50-gallon cans of, of crap they used on, the, on the, the potatoes they were growing here once and things like that. And mm-hmm. who knows what was in those cans. I mean, it, it you know, but, but anyway, we, we, over the past 25 years, we've cleaned this place up and turned it into a park, you know, added ponds and, and uh, habitat and, and planted thousands of trees here and and it's just a beautiful place. It's turned into a beautiful place where people live in harmony with the land and each other and has beautiful gardens. And, and, and uh, so there's really no rhyme or reason for what they're doing, because when you have a track record of 25 years with no accidents and nobody getting sick or hurt or whatever, you're obviously doing something right. No. And I think I may have asked you this question before, but... Tell us once again, how in the world did you find that beautiful piece of property? Oh, basically, I was I was meditating, and I was down in Santa Cruz, California, and it was after the the near death experience I had, and I was teaching classes down there, and, and uh, self mastery classes, and and meditation classes, and process oriented therapy, and the place was just too small. I mean, there were so many people coming, and I had this bigger dream of actually creating a place that was, as I said before, where people live a very highly evolved spiritual life in harmony with each other and the planet. And uh, I kept seeing visions again and again in my head. And then I used a pendulum and divining rods and and a huge map of America to find it. Dowsing? Yeah, I used dowsing to find it. And, and when I found the spot, now this is amazing, I actually rolled the map up and threw it in my closet and forgot about it, but I was offered a job with an import company up here, and uh, so I, it felt really right. I said, you know, I need to go up there, and so I came up here, and I was very close to the mountain, and I kept seeing, seeing this mountain over and over again, going, that's it, that's the vision, and it's just a lot of events turned out to where I ended up on this place. And, and when I got here and stood on the land, 
the the mountain had this giant lenticular cloud over the top of it hmm. and the inside lit up orange and i had two eagles flying over my head bald eagles mm-hmm. that stayed and just kept circling for hours and and the energy i was feeling was just so profound there was there's just no doubt whatsoever that that this was the place and we keep hearing that certain places are, are vortex, the, the vortex of vortices. And mm-hmm. one day at your ranch, I decided to go by myself and stand inside. A, how do you call that circle? Oh, there's like a Tibetan prayer circle out yeah, there. Yes. A meditation circle. I decided to go there. And I have to tell you, it is true. <laughs> it is true. You feel this almost ecstasy when you're sitting there looking at, at Mount Adams. It's just uh, an incredible experience. But what has happened since uh, we last met in, in uh, July of last year? And just for the listeners who are, and I believe you've already made it public that it will happen. Another conference will happen this year. But tell us yourself, will it happen? Yes, we're working on actually two conferences. We're hoping to put together two. We're going to have a small one in the beginning uh, probably on the 24th of, of June. That's kind of a test run to make sure everything works out okay, you know, and that we don't get run over by powers that be. Right. And then we'll probably have another one. But uh, we're just getting all the bugs uh, worked out, you know, and just making sure there's not going to be any any future problems with this. And so we'll have that one. And then we might have another one in August is what we're looking at. So we're we're uh, definitely going to continue with that. And, and we have our uh, self-mastery classes and we have uh, the East Eddy Healing Art classes, which are which we teach Yigong and some other uh, ancient forms uh, of, of oriental art, you might say, or, or uh, martial arts, you might say. But it's uh, not so much the hard martial arts, but the soft and the and, you know, more like Qigong. Most people are familiar with Qigong. It's more like that kind of a of a practice that we teach here. And, uh, you know, we teach a lot of deep meditation techniques and how to heal unseen negative influences and, and uh, just, you know, the whole enchilada here, basically. Now, let's talk about current world events, because I know you, you've been following a lot of what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. What's your take on all of this? You know, it's it's... There's so many levels to what is going on. Uh, it's it's hard to address on any one level. I, I can do the best I can, but I know in Japan uh, we have one of the teachers that comes here and teaches classes here. His name is Khan. Oh yeah. And did you meet Khan? I'm no, sure. but I uh, I've I've seen so many uh, images and video of, of him that I feel like I know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he bilocates and vanishes and reappears and and amazing guy. He's he's a I don't know. He's six foot six or something like that. Big samurai yeah. warrior guy. But he's the most loving, gentle giant you ever met. But but extremely well trained in, in a lot of different uh, factions. But uh, he teaches classes here and and we were having a long talk. He was going back to Japan and I told him I said you know Japan. It's not going to do very well here in the in the near future. And I, I said, "Are you sure you want to go back, or do you want to stay here and teach?" And I was giving him that option. And I told him, "I said I've seen some some you know horrendous quakes hitting that area, and a continuous uh, quaking action there, and tsunamis and everything else. I didn't see the 
I, I didn't factor in the nuclear problem for some reason. I, I saw the others and that was enough, you know, mm-hmm. for me and uh, way ahead of time. And and I even spoke on other shows and things and saying, you know, watch Japan, that uh, some major events are going to happen there. But what what I see that hap- what's happening in Japan is so multifaceted. Uh, one, it's sitting in a real precarious position because it's on this little finger that goes out where all these, I think it's four major plates all come together and there's incredible pressures because the earth is expanding. And as we're moving closer to the galactic plane, all these energy bombardments are coming in. Uh, we're getting hit by 500 an hour, huge energy impacts are hitting the planet and the shields are down and the solar flares and the coronal mass ejections are, are actually, uh, taking the earth is taking that energy in and expanding overheating and it's doing its thing so so that's an area that is just ripe for huge earth changes to happen and it's in a real precarious position and i also believe too that other forces that have been playing with that knowing full well that situation and they've been uh Utilizing, you know, earthquake technology and and like harp and things like that to actually, you know, kick that off and make things much worse than than they are. So so it's a combination of things going on. And I know also too that Japan really thumbed their nose at the international banksters, banksters mm-hmm. in the New World Order, and they're also exposing them, you know, for the perpetrators behind nine one one that it was an inside job in their own parliament. And, and they're bringing out magnetic motors and water cars, too. I mean, all of those things are an extreme threat to the powers that be and, and their need for world domination or world control. So, so it's just a common, you know, sense, uh, you know, assessment. You might say that, that basically they would do all they could to see them go away. And I think they wanted that whole island sank, basically. It didn't turn out the way they wanted of course, and there's so much information coming out, and I to to even get into parapolitical research, or some people mm-hmm. call it conspiracy theory. Yeah. But uh, I just I heard a few days ago, maybe a couple of days after the earthquake happened, one of my friends, a doctor in Japan, told me that she lives very close to one of the navy bases down there, mm-hmm. and she was going to pick up a friend who lives in the base, and apparently, all the 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 warships that were there just left at an incredible speed they just all left to the north and she asked the friend who lives at the base you know what what's going on i've never seen this happen and she says i don't know we've never seen this happen and they're all leaving towards the north of japan and this was wednesday two days before the earthquake another aspect that's interesting was last year i really wanted to interview the first lady of japan the then first lady of japan but the prime minister decided to step down why Mm -hmm. because he wanted to kick the uh, military bases from the united states out of japan now, another story that never made it to the Western media was a week before the earthquake happened, the, the Japanese foreign minister stepped down as well. And he was mm-hmm. one of the proponents to, to kick the, the Navy bases out of uh, Japan. So a lot of things happening. And another part, and this is really conspiracy theory, but why would the 
Japan being one of those countries that really know, knows electronics, why would they need the security of Israel in every single nuclear plant? And we know the Stuxnet or Stuxnet virus that has been made it, making its way in the Iranian nuclear plants. I've heard that it also made it to Japan, and that's one of the reasons why they haven't been able to cool down the Fukushima power plant because they have Siemens software, which is a, a German software being used, and they cannot cool it down for that reason. Have you heard this? No, I haven't heard that aspect of it, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. It just it just seems like there are powers that be that are doing all they can to make a bad experience even worse and more catastrophic. And and obviously they would like to see as many humans as possible off the planet, you know, before they run down to their little underground facilities. Right. And it's, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it, it's not as if Japan did not expect something like this, because since the 1960s, they were the government was saying that this is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And they were considering relocating Tokyo, because if Tokyo goes, Japan goes, because the whole country is uh, is uh, uh, ruled by, by Tokyo. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just incredible, because 80% of Japan is composed of mountains. So the majority of the population lives around the coast. But here we have the earthquake, and as if that wasn't bad enough, then we get the tsunami, and as if that wasn't bad enough, now we get the nuclear reactors poisoning the area. Do you think this radiation is making its way to the United States finally? Um, definitely. I think, I think it is. Um, I think we aren't being told the, the gravity of the situation. Uh, you know, one time I came outside and it was raining and there's this gust of wind that blew this rain on my face and it wasn't that cold out and it burned. I and I go. I have never experienced that. It did not. Hmm. I just had a really bad feeling after that, and I said something's not right with this picture. And uh, I know a lot of people with private Geiger, Geiger counters are getting completely different readings than they are, uh, you know, than the government statistics. You might say, and so the readings are all different uh, all over the world. So. So, you know, you don't know what to think, because the only thing we've we've found out about all of this is that politicians lie, the media lies, and most of the, the websites, the government-controlled websites, are not telling us everything. And, and we're actually finding out where they are removing a lot of quakes off of the USGS site, that, that they'll be there one minute, and you go back, and all of a sudden, they're gone. And... Uh, and that's another story that seems to be unfolding that quite a few people are on because it happened to me uh, personally because I actually uh, send send quakes out, you know, and I'll, I might send one out in Northern California. I have a lot of friends there and I spent six years there on the coast. And so uh, I told them to keep an eye on that volcano that's going off that nobody even knows it's there right off the coast of, of uh, Northern California between the Oregon and California coast. And so, so basically, you know, there's a lot of quakes and, and I'll, I'll grab a quake and I send it out. And then all of a sudden you get all these emails calling me a liar and that, you know, I'm a fear and doom and gloomer and, and that I'm making stuff up and, and I go back and it's not on the USGS site, but the email was sent to me from the USGS site, uh, when it first hits, they send an email out, 
And then, then they decide whether they're going to record it or not or put it on the books, I guess, and or they erase it altogether. So I know Yellowstone is acting up like crazy, yep. and, and there are no uh, reports about this. All of a sudden, you know, all the... the the quakes that are happening there are, are have been kind of disappearing off the list. And somebody was telling me they were watching the New Madrid fault as well, and they're they're seeing the same thing happen that that a lot of the quakes were just not uh, appearing. Well, only seven days after the Chernobyl meltdown in 1986 in New York, they detected radioactive isotopes in the milk. And I just yeah. heard from mainstream media that the milk in Washington state is reporting radioactive isotopes. They're not harmful, they say, but it's already here. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, I just found out, too, Spokane, which isn't too far from us, uh, they found, you know, radio radioactive isotopes in the milk there. So, I mean, that would make sense because although, you know, the, that burning rain or sensation that I felt uh you know, and I was only outside for maybe 20 minutes or so, and, and it was just a, a gust of wind with some, a little bit of water in it. And uh, and I was thinking about that. If I felt that uh, going on, I'm wondering what's happening on the rest of the planet and what we are or are not being told about. Interesting that you mentioned how they're removing some of the data after you received the, the news flash, because I remember during 9-11, Hurricane Aaron, a Category 3 hurricane, was standing right next to New York City, and they did not report it. They were standing there for two days. Imagine if that hurricane would have turned left and would have flooded New York City. We're talking about a city of 4 million people, and uh, only a few weather stations were reporting outside of New York. So, yes, they have the, the ability to remove any information that may panic the people. But also, yes, the New Madrid Fault, FEMA, was conducting uh, drills a couple of weeks ago, and they were being asked, you know, what is with this drill with the New Madrid Fault? You know, is it true that it may collapse? And they're saying, yeah, we have to be prepared. So remember 9-11, they were doing uh, terrorism drills that morning. During Haiti, the day before, they were doing earthquake drills the day before. So now they're preparing for New Madrid. Something is in the air. I don't mean to talk about doom and gloom. We'd like to be, instead of in fear, to be in awareness. But if they know something, I don't think they'll ever tell us, James. No. You know, other thing, we I think that, um, was it over in the UK where they had the, the bombing, the subway bombing? Oh, yes. 7705. Yeah, same same thing. They were doing exercises that same day there. And, and to me, and also, too, if you follow the money, you'll see that the big boys pull all their money out of those events right before, or they... They put triple indemnity on the buildings, you know, you know, right before it happened. Right. And and they all, you know, cashed in, you know, they put out even the wells, you know, they the the oil spill off the coast there, you know, that that was one of the biggest disasters. They cashed in big time on that. They didn't lose any money at all. And they still haven't paid the people off in Alaska, you know, for that Valdez spill. So, so it's, it's kind of like they, they really never lose money. And I think one of the big lessons, too, about the Gulf oil spill is that, is that we don't have any control whatsoever. Our politicians have no control. Uh, the, even the military was under the control of BP. And, and there was no oversight or control, uh, any civilian oversight or, or uh, 
or U.S. control in that whole whole fiasco. It was all just turned over to BP and who basically lied to us on every every avenue there. And there are people dying in the Gulf area right now. I see probably every couple of days somebody sent me a YouTube video of a person whose husband passed away. It's just unbelievable what's happening in the Gulf. And the media is absolutely not reporting it. And another aspect, in going back to Japan, you probably have seen some of these videos of people filming the TV, switching channels. People who live less than 25 miles away from the Fukushima a nuclear plant, just, mm -hmm. you know, having uh, the, the equivalent of American Idol or, or, you know, dancing shows, comedy shows, no news, they're not being told what's happening. So we are being told, hey, you're just spreading doom and gloom. They're just not reporting anything. And then you get some foreigners who live there. One of them comes to mind last week who said that he got notification that the water contained radioactive isotopes uh, for them not to drink it. So he hadn't been drinking water for days. He was not being able to take showers. So those people, what are they supposed to do? Oh, boy. You know, it's a good question. I, I think, I hate to say it, but maybe they should get pissed off, <laughs> you know, uh, stand up, you know, maybe not get angry, but stand up and say, hey, um, what is going on here? Maybe, you know, create some watch groups there that, that are, uh, you know, that have the equipment to test everything and find out what's really going on and start networking between themselves. Because, you know, we've just seen this over and over and over again is that is, you know, the, the program of, of whatever the, the mainstream is that nothing to see here, folks keep shopping, right? You know, don't upset the status quo, just keep everything going and don't tell anybody anything that's going to cause a panic or get them to prepare or back off on their spending and and start rethinking, you know, where we're going, you know, with this this beast, you know, that is this mega corporation beast that's actually we've given control to for, you know, the entire planet. And and I think that's the the sad thing right now is is that we're getting the wake up calls by <clears throat> by nature, you know, for giving control over to this this aspect or whatever you want to call it. And another aspect that's not being told that much is the massive exodus of people coming out of Japan. At least I know somebody in Manila in the Philippines, and they're getting about 1,000 people a day wow. going to the Philippines. So imagine how many others. Uh, but as you said, maybe the planet needs to reset needs to click the, the reboot button. I call it a dog with fleas. The dog has to shake its fleas once in a while. Do you think this is what's happening with planet Earth? Yeah, it's a combination of things. It's There's cycles. There's grand cycles, and we're coming up to the end of several cycles all coming together. And, you know, the Mayan calendar talks a lot about this, and there's so much misinformation about the Mayan calendar. Yes. But if you talk to the uh, uh, the top people, that are really involved in the Mayan calendar, they spell it out very clearly. And they say that basically uh, it is a time where, you know, where time actually collapses and, and it's not the end of the world. It's the end of time as we know it. And they said there are going to be some major earth changes coming up and major quakes, volcanoes, uh, tsunamis, all of this. They, they state very clearly because man ha is so out of harmony with nature uh, that this needs to happen. And they were hoping through, if everybody started waking up and praying and acting responsibly, 
living in harmony with each other and the planet, these things don't don't need to be so severe. But I'm seeing that some people need severe lessons. Uh, the only thing that's going to wake them up is for things to become very personal and undeniable and, and in their face. That's the only way they're going to wake up. And, and unfortunately, that's the way some people chose this experience, you know, down here. We're, we're all eternal beings. And you know, we're in these multicolored, multicultural earth suits having an experience. So I don't believe in victims. You know, we all chose this this reality to walk through it to learn something out of it. But it does look like some people are just going to learn the hard way and, you know, and realize, you know, that denial is not a river in Egypt. Right, know? exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's sometimes contradictory because there are industries that pop up. You may remember back in the late 90s uh, when Y2K was approaching, you had all these survival industries that popped up uh, selling you everything under the sun. Oh, yeah. Na but now, and nothing happened. A few computer mm -hmm. glitches happened, but nothing significant to what we were being told. But this 2012, December 21st date, uh, of course, I interviewed John Major Jenkins, and he absolutely is with the Mayans, saying this is just mm -hmm. the end of an age and the beginning of another one. It's a circle. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's an industry out there that creates all this funding dry food. I, I joke around when I do presentations. I yeah. say, oh, yeah, I've been told, you know, get all the water from your pool and put it under your bed because you're going to need it, blah, blah, blah. Move away from the desert and get to the, go to the mountains. Well, I had the privilege of interviewing somebody a, a few weeks ago, and, and I'm so glad that you're bringing her to the ranch, Dr. Carol Russen. And she was telling me that she fell for it. She fell for it years ago when she was being told, look, the United States is going down. We need to move to the Southern Hemisphere. So she moved down with her husband. She bought a very nice hotel with, you know, a, a ranch for her horses that were mistreated. And then she started realizing that more and more foreigners were coming in when it was almost like the movie Avatar. She moved mm -hmm. there, being off the grid. It was simply paradise. But then a lot of people started coming in, and then the locals were saying, wait a minute, we can't even drink the water from the, the, the rivers because it's being polluted with all the soap. Everybody's washing their cars in, in, in the rivers. And then mm -hmm. more and more people started coming in. The developers were cutting all the mountaintops to build more homes, and mm -hmm. she became vocal about it. And, of course, they threatened her. They physically assaulted her and her husband. They had to return. Now, a lot of people were saying, let's all move to Australia. Well, what's happening in Australia? You get all the floodings. Is there any safe place in this world if anybody wanted to move? You know, the way I see it is that the, the biggest move really needs to be in consciousness first. You, you can't take the same consciousness that created the problem and the same way of life and move it somewhere else and think everything's going to be okay. Uh, all you're doing is buying a little time. And, and what I see now is that we don't have time because time is collapsing. It's, we're going through a time compression, which means basically almost instant karma. And so, so we, we can't act out of harmony with each other and the planet and think there aren't going to be consequences. And I think that's the, the biggest lesson we need to learn is that you know, we can't use these nuclear uh, facilities without having some way to decommission the waste. You know, I mean, that stuff, what it has, 370, uh, I can't remember what, how, how, what the half-life is. It's something ridiculous, something thousand, you know, <laughs> 370,000 or something. 
I'll have to get the figures on that, but it's it's something ridiculous. And we have these ticking time bombs all over the planet, and like they did at Fukushima, they just stored the spent rods right above the reactor on the roof. On the roof, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm, I, it's like my God, I, I don't understand how anybody in their right mind could could have done that. And they really should put the generators up there. And to keep the place cooled down because all the generators were in the basement or, or the lower levels and they just flooded out. I mean, they were useless. So so basically, you know, what I saw in that in that whole situation, it was like no foresight, no uh, responsibility. Uh, nobody went through all the what if scenarios. And, you know, the old cashola came first. Yeah. Hey, we, we got to get this up and running. We got to start making some money. Our investors are getting pissed, you know, uh, you know, let's let's do it. Let's make it happen. And and that's the problem with these major corporations. Um, you know, GE was behind that big, you know, fiasco. And I don't know how don't they have something like 144 other plants just like it or something, something crazy. But, uh, you know, it's it's and now they're giving them contracts to build more plants, exact replicas over here you know, in the States to build more nuclear facilities. And, and to me, I think that that's like the epitome of arrogance. Uh, it's like the Titanic. You know, these guys think that they can totally control Mother Nature and, and the future and everything else. And, and you know, they're being, being very humbled right now. And, and, and I'm even seeing these, these same engineers and physicists you see them all over the talk shows and all over the TV set saying there's nothing to worry about. Uh, really, no radiation is leaked. Uh, there's a triple shutdown phase where nothing can happen. You can't have a meltdown. It's impossible. Uh, you know, they give you all the, the fancy words. And, and, uh, but in the end, they always end up being, being uh, wrong, unfortunately. And so, it, it's unfortunate because that's that's been the story all the time. They, you know, we go back to the vaccines. They say they're safe, and you know, fifteen twenty years down the road, you develop something that was caused because of that, and there's plausible deniability because you cannot mm -hmm. point the finger at them. So now, if the people who live close to the the nuclear power plant suffer cancers in the next few years, well. They may say everybody can suffer cancer and they cannot point the fingers, but it's all, for example, fluoride. I just found out a few months ago that we have it in the water because fluoride is a byproduct of industrial manufacturing and they need to get rid of it. And it's cheaper to dump it in the water supply than to dispose it the right way in an environmentally savvy way. So what happens? It goes into a water. So somebody told me today there was a fluoride spill somewhere and the there were holes being made in the pavement. That's that's what fluoride does to you. So the same thing happens with the yeah. the radioactivity. I mean it takes what is it? Millions of years for radioactive waste to decay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just unbelievable what they're doing and and uh to me, our, our only hope right now is basically intervention, some, some major divine intervention, intervention by these uh, spiritually and technologically advanced beings, which seems to be happening. Uh, they, you know, I, I was meditating once and connecting in with them, and I was asking them, 
about that, you know, with and I received a telepathic message back from them, and they said that basically they have been screaming at us since day one to get rid of the nuclear missiles, get rid of the nuclear reactors, uh, not even to engage that technology because it's far beyond our ability to control and contain it, and we have no idea what we're playing with. That that this can actually rip holes in time and space and create all kinds of un unbelievable things that that uh you know actually ruin the fabric of space itself so so anyway they uh so what do they do they start blowing off all kinds of nuclear bombs all over the planet up in the atmosphere everywhere and and now the whole planet is has been dealing with this for quite a few years dealing with uh different levels of of being poisoned by radiation and and so we did hair uh, my brother did a hair analysis and found out he had, you know, all these isotopes, you know, uranium and things like that, uh, you know, in his hair. And we were raised in the high desert and we're going, well, wait a second, how could we have gotten all this, you know, uh, radiation poisoning other than fallout, you know, from from some of the testings, yeah. you know, and, and the winds and things like that. So, so, I mean, this has been going on for a long time and, and. You know, to me, it ties into another program, too. Is So now we're getting this radioactive fallout, you know, all across the globe uh, because of the, the leaks, you know, from this reactor and these meltdowns that are going on. And and to top that off, you know, you look at, at the, uh, uh, the chemtrails mm-hmm. and what they're doing there with strontium. I mean, they're finding strontium in these chemtrails and barium and aluminum oxide. These are all extremely toxic poisons you know for the body and they're fine they're finding them in 6,000 times over the allowable allowable amount you know in the snow packs and and I don't think people are running around with bags of aluminum and barium and strontium and spreading them around on the snow packs the only right. way it would get there is through some kind of aerosol spraying program so people need to really wake up and smell the coffee here because we we have this spiritual uh, oligarchy in control. I mean, not spiritual. I mean, scientific oligarchy in control right now, and and they are nuts. That <laughs> these guys are psychopaths, and they have no respect for life, uh, your family, your children, your animals, nature, anything. They they have totally separated themselves into these maniacal plans and have sold their souls for little digital numbers and green pieces of paper. They, it, it's unbelievable what these people are doing. And, and it, it has gone to the form of just pure insanity right now. And what you said about your brother and the hair samples, I bet that if you go back in time from the 40s till now, you'll see a correlation and an increase of cancers after the nuclear testings took place. This is so dumb to think that if there's nuclear testing in New Mexico, for example, mm-hmm. that that is going to spread. I remember when you could smoke on airplanes. You remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's people smoking in front of you in the smoking area, and then you're sitting behind one or two rows in the non-smoking area. Are you not smelling the smoke? Of course, you're being exposed to it. So this is all happening. Not too long ago, I had a vacation rental business and a lot of people from Vieques, this island in in Puerto Rico, were calling saying, hey, the military is gone. Now help us bring tourists here. And I said, absolutely, under no circumstances will I do that. Why? 
because they use depleted uranium there. The bullets in Iraq. Have you seen so many pictures out there of, of children being born deformed? Those mm -hmm. the, depleted uranium bullets, depleted uranium is known as the Trojan horse of nuclear war. It's the weapon that keeps killing. Mm -hmm. The half-life of uranium-238 is 4.5 billion years. The age of the Earth. There's no way to turn it off, and there's no way to clean it up. It meets the U.S. government's own definition of weapons of mass destruction. How can we clean this planet unless, as you say, we get some divine intervention? You know, I don't really see any other way. I mean, I've heard generals and colonels on mainstream just saying that it's not a problem, that depleted uranium is no problem whatsoever. And, you know, it's not just the people they're shooting at, it's the people that are shooting that are being exposed to this and the dust in the barrel and, mm. uh, you know, be, the people in the tanks and, and behind the guns that are using this are all being exposed to this, uh, you know, you know, this depleted uranium. So, and yeah, and, and also too, those cocktails that they shoot the troops up with, they're putting them on oh, timers. Yeah. I mean, they're all being put on timers and, and it's just a matter of time before they come down with some hideous disease that they'll say not, it's non-related, you know, sure. because, you know, what happens is, is just like the chemtrails and everything else, you know, somebody will eventually die of pneumonia or they'll die of something else, but why did they die of this pneumonia? Because their immune system was totally depleted and any opportunistic disease could come in and just take over. So, so that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing this total collapsing of the immune system. We're being poisoned above and below. You know, you've got the Gulf oil thing going on. You've got the chemtrails and now you've got the nuclear reactors doing their meltdown. Uh, it's like we've declared war on earth herself. Like, like we've done everything we can to destroy the mother, you know, the planet. And, you know, this is going to have consequences because we aren't separate. We, we're not divided from nature and earth. We depend on this planet for our sustenance and, and our, our physical bodies as well are actually coming from this planet. These beings that are hopefully observing what's happening here probably are saying, the kids have found the matches. Mm -hmm. And the air, the water... And the food. Even the food now is being poisoned. There are hardly any nutrients in the food lately. Oh, yeah. So everything that we need to survive is being depleted. So those who used to say, well, look at the Georgia Guidestones. They want to get rid of 95% of the population. People would think that that was an exaggeration or doom and gloom. But even this year, in the first two, three months of the year, we've seen more happening than we have seen in the oh, last... Oh, yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of the coasts there... Uh, like we were talking about with the Gulf spill, uh, you know, people there, their BP is running their commercials. Come on down, you know, yeah. have some shrimp. You know, the water's clean and everything else, but you find independent labs that are testing the water there and giving the real facts and figures suddenly just disappear. And all of a sudden they're closed down and they're, they're kicked out of the, out of the area and, uh, you know, saying that it isn't, Clear. And, you know, with that core exit and these other mm. bacteria they've created that are, are meant to attack uh, carbon, you know, carbon-based elements in the water, well, we're carbon-based elements. And so, so these little bacteria they've generated and whatever nanotechnology they've got that they were using over there is actually contrary to, to any carbon-based life form. And people are coming down with these crazy... 
uh, rashes and boils and sores, and there's nothing they can do. Uh, they're getting hit with every antibiotic you can think of. They're trying everything possible. And the doctors are going, oh, it's just a flu. It's going around there. You know, it's, it's unbelievable what they're saying. But like you said, I'm, I have people sending me YouTubes and documentaries and films. And they're going, look, this is what I looked like, you know, six months ago. <laughs> and this is what I look like now. And they look like they've aged about 30 years and can't even breathe. And they're sitting in a wheelchair and they've got sores all over their bodies. And, and when I see things like that, I, I, just, I just I can't believe that, that, you know, everybody isn't just standing up and saying enough is enough. This, this is not right, you know, to let a fellow human being, even one human being, suffer like this and not hold those accountable or, or, or not try to stop it from happening again. Uh, you know, to me, the, the people that are just just basically, I, I hate to say it, but what we've become is neutered zombies. <laughs> right. You know, you know, with all the estrogen and, and all the products and the plastic bottles and, and the mimickers in there and all the other things they've done, and and the fluoride in the water and you know and the chemtrails with the aluminum in them and everything else and barium we we actually have become you know a country of neutered zombies and uh and unless you have your own well and your own you're growing your own food and uh and have some way to filter the air you're breathing that that's kind of where you're going to end up unfortunately and 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 i just can't see how people in their right mind could could stand by and allow this to happen, even when they're told blatantly what's going on. They, they it's like Nazi Germany, you know. They 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 were told people are being tortured and experimented on and gassed and starved to death and everything else. But the village right next door to where the Auschwitz and all these other things were happening, they uh, they didn't even know about. It. They they were in total denial. They said no, that that never happened, you know. And and they actually forced them to go and look and look at all the dead bodies and see what was going on, just so that they they would realize you know what the atrocities that were going on there. So it it's we've we've just become like I said uh, asleep. Uh, we we've, we've uh, we're waiting for the mainstream media to tell us what's going on and what's happening and and uh, and. <clears throat> You know, or the politicians to tell us what's going on and what's happening, and and there's just a long, long, long history of them not telling us the truth, and and now the consequences of that are now slapping you know everybody in the face. You might say, uh, reality is an illusion. A, a few days ago, I get an email from uh, James Fox. You probably know him, and uh, we were doing some reporting of the Gulf last year, and he's working on a documentary. He's putting all the pieces together, and this is not over, folks. He's still down there interviewing people, mm -hmm. and uh, he's going to come out with a documentary showing some of what's what remains, because what happened was, and people say to me, "Oh, but look, it's so pristine in the Gulf." Yeah, put your put your arm down, maybe a few inches down, and you'll see the oil still there. Mm -hmm. It's in the bottom of the ocean, and the reason why they use correction, let me just put it very simply, because BP was being fined forty three hundred dollars 
per barrel found of oil. So of mm-hmm. course, you put this correction there, you make it disappear, you make the problem go away. But uh, this this will continue again and again. Now we have Japan. Now the question is, are we prepared? And I don't mean to sound ethnocentric by talking about the United States, but because we seem to be uh, very lucky lately, aside from what happened, and I don't mean to, to downgrade what happened in, in the Gulf and Katrina, but mm-hmm. we have been expecting a big earthquake here in California, and now we talk about the New Madrid Fault. Well, yeah, basically, um, I've been yelling for quite a long time on the air that we need to shut down uh, uh, Diablo, Diablo Canyon and, and San Onofre both are on the exact same fault line as as uh japan mm. and they're on the coast and everything they're they're just set up for the exact same event to happen and luckily it wasn't a big tsunami but it, it, we did get hit by a tsunami from that and and i know a lot of uh uh docks and ports and and uh harbors were messed up pretty good by by the last tsunami that came through but you didn't really hear much about it which was interesting but you know if it was a little bigger it would have been a real mess and that whole fault line uh, going all the way down through Mexico uh, and going up here to our area right now is just ripe for something to bust loose. And and some areas of, of that fault line are going out in the, into the ocean. And I think they're only going to get maybe a 15 or 20 minute warning when that when that busts loose uh, as far as the tsunami coming in. So so it's it's not a good situation and definitely uh, everything, you know, you, the way to look at it is that we are moving to a new place in the universe. It's highly charged, highly energetic place yeah, that our whole solar system is moving into this. We're coming into an alignment with galactic plane, which means there's huge gravitational waves that are affecting the planet. Uh, we're having, over, as I said, over 500 uh hits an hour of immense energy bursts that are hitting the planet and we're being bombarded by solar cycle 24 which is just now revving up and and that is creating a huge energy uh influx coming in and any way you look at it our planet is going through change we're going to have uh it's an unprecedented increase in earthquake and volcanic activity uh erratic weather super storms all of this stuff is going to be going on you know, due to these events and to, to leave these ticking time bombs in, in right in harm's way is insane. I mean, it's, it's suicidal basically. And I think that's something that people need to get up in arms about. And, and I know Germany did that. Germany actually shut down all their nukes, nuclear reactors. They said, you know, they're, we're rethinking this whole thing. This wasn't the way to go. India's doing it. Uh, a lot of countries are now deciding that they're going to try, you know, other means of generating power that are safe and natural that aren't going to create a meltdown and kill, you know, millions of people. So, you know, that's that's one thing I'm very serious about. And, and you did mention HARP too as well. I think somebody should pull the plug on that, you know, because because whoever's in charge of HARP right now is is extremely misusing it. And they're, they're also uh, removing some data there. I remember last year during the Haitian earthquake, there were some readings of HARP that were removed 
just hours after, but some people had recorded them and sent them to me. Um, I don't want to say that this is all happening because of heart, because I don't have the evidence. But mm-hmm. can it potentially happen? Of course it can. And you know very well our mutual friend, Dr. Brooks Agnew, who, with mm-hmm. the equipment he had when he was working, looking for for oil deposits, he created his own version of an earthquake unknowing to him. So this, this mm-hmm. can definitely happen. But there are other ways to have a power plant. We don't need uranium. There's an alternative. We can use thorium, which is cheap, clean, and a safe alternative in reactors. Thorium may be the magic bullet we've all been hoping for, which is absolutely safe. But tell us once again how to get in touch with your work. And we're going to take a quick break, uh, James. And when we come back, there's a lot to talk about. We have questions from the audience. And also, you would like to respond to some of the allegations that Michael Horn gave on this very show a few months ago, just as he had the opportunity to talk about you. I'm giving you the platform as well to respond. It's only fair. But tell us how to get in touch with your work. Tell us again the dates for the upcoming East City Conference. Yeah, basically, we're, we're setting it up right now. We'll have it up on the website. And uh, if you go to eSETI.org, it's E-C-E-T-I.org, you can uh, sign up for the conference. And I know we've got you on the list there as a, as a panel. You're going to be interviewing the, the panel we have. And we've got Michael Tellinger and, and quite a few other people that will all be up on the list. But uh, it's going to be an amazing conference. And so the best way to do it is just go to eSETI.org and check it out there. And be sure and sign up for the newsletter because that way we can let you know about any new upcoming events and what's going on. And I'm telling you, if you want to be in a beautiful place surrounded by people who are like-minded and feeling as if you know they're part of your family, brothers and sisters from other mothers, that is the place to be. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And now knowing the the panel of speakers we have, Bob Dean, Michael Tellinger, Dr. Carol Rawson, my new good friend, Neil Kramer, who talks about being the sovereign individual. So if you have an opportunity to go, I highly recommend it. But don't go anywhere, folks. This is Mel Fabregas, and I'm here with James Gilliland. We'll be right back. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to talk more with our special guest in our members section. If you're not a member, just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com, and click on the subscribe link to listen to the rest of the show. As a member, have you subscribed to the iTunes link? Let iTunes download all segments of each new show automatically. There's a link in the members section. Just click on it and let iTunes do the rest. We'll take a short intermission listen to some music, and we'll be right back with more. Enjoy.
This is Michael Horn, and you are listening to Veritas Radio. Veritas Radio.